What's up, y'all? It's the world famous Ben Lopez. Right here. Hey, you're now listening to the sounds of the Scramble Life Podcast. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Right, here we go. Chuck E. Cheese is a chain of American family restaurants. The chain is the primary brand of CEC Restaurant Incorporated and is headquartered in Irving, Texas. The establishment serves pizza and other menu items complemented by arcade games, amusement rides, and animatronic displays as a focus of family entertainment. The restaurant's name is taken from its main character and mascot, Chuck E. Cheese. The first location opened in San Jose, California as Chuck E. Cheese Pizza Time Theater on May 17th, 1977. That's about 43 years ago. The concept was created by Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell. Created with bringing video games such as Pong to the mainstream, that's his popularity thing, uh, the Pizza Time Theater was the first family restaurant to integrate food, animated entertainment, and indoor arcade. Following uh, a filing for bankruptcy in March 1984, the chain was acquired by competitor Showbiz Pizza in May 1985, uh, forming Showbiz Pizza Time Incorporated in 1990. The company began unifying two, the two brands with the goal of renaming every location to Chuck E. Cheese's Pizza. The name was shortened in 1994 to Chuck E. Cheese's. Showbiz Pizza Time Incorporated became CEC Entertainment Incorporated in 1998. The restaurant made its move uh, to its most recent name change in 2019 to Chuck E. Cheese. As of June 2020, uh, CEC Entertainment owned 541 Chuck E. Cheese venues in 47 United States, four Canadian provinces, Guam, and Puerto Rico. All right, so to make things short, a lot of these 500-plus locations are going through some issues right now due to COVID and, you know, a lot of entertainment places and sports places a lot of people can't go to at the moment because of what's going on. But there are still a few Chuck E. Cheese locations still open here in the United States, and things like this are happening. Kids and parents rushed outside the Davenport Chuck E. Cheese Sunday night. Police say a shooting inside claimed the life of 29-year-old Eloise Chairs. Her family telling News 8, Eloise was a mother of five, including a four-week-old infant. According to her family, Eloise got into an argument with another mother at Chuck E. Cheese over their children's game cards. And that's when they say another woman pulled a gun. Police later arresting 24-year-old Treshonda Pollian. What about the kids? I mean, that's immediately thought for the kids, the kids that were here, you know, for whatever reasons they were here. And... And that those those sounds of, of shots, gunshots, um, that those sounds will live on with those kids for the rest of their lives. On Monday morning, the group Davenport Bearing Witness gathered outside the Chuck E. Cheese for a vigil on gun violence. None of us knew anyone involved, um, but as a member of this community, we feel called to step up and, and to reach out and and put our arms around um, everyone involved in this shooting last night. I mean, these things have um, effects that stay with us, you know. Oh, and now, the Davenport Chuck E. Cheese remains closed, and the family and community mourn the loss of a young mother. Yo, welcome to episode number four 
of the Scramble Life Podcast. It's your boy G, and we got L right over there on the other side. What's up, L? Yeah, yeah. What's going on, world? Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we started today's show off with a little bit of Chuck E. Cheese for you. As many of you know, Chuck E. Cheese has been a, a major thing in, here in the United States for many, many years. <laughs> Lots of birthday parties have been held at Chuck E. Cheese. For you people yes, outside indeed. the country that don't know about Chuck E. Cheese, it's an American brand where they have these animatronic robot type things on stage that play like show music, pop music, uh, all types of music. And they're like robots and they move around and hit drums and play guitar. But other than that, kids could go there. And, uh, you know, you can rent spaces within there for, like, up to four parties at a time, I think. And, uh, you know, you pay for the pizza and everything that comes with it. And I think you could bring one or two items yourself if you want to. So that's the whole thing for yeah. that, except for kids to have birthday parties in different type of parties. Yeah, younger kids. Younger, younger kids. kids mostly, so, man. yeah. Like real little cops, you know, tiny, tiny kids. Tiny, you know? tiny kids to, let's say, probably about 10 years old or 11 years old. You know, something like that. Right. So that's the demographic for Chuck E. Cheese now. You got to remember, a lot of locations sell beer, too. So they sell beer. At the Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, you ain't know that shit. Oh, shit. No, I ain't know that. So, you you know, when your kid's there, you know, boom, everybody could get fucked up. So I think they got beer and wine. Oh, man. So you can get that. So that's been involved with the whole thing for years, but we're not going to blame it on that because I never heard anything in the 80s or anything like that where people just went fucking crazy at Chuck E. Cheese. So this situation um, right here. Try to pull it up. Hold on a minute. What area was this in again, G? This was in uh, the Midwest, right? Yeah, this was like the state of Iowa. Yeah, because I think over here we got uh, metal detectors, you know, over here in the Bronx, Chuck E. Cheese I go to. Okay. Or used to go to. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, listen, dog, when you come in there, you going through a metal detector. So they making sure when you come, because they get rowdy in the BX, you know, these birthday parties over here. Right. Sometimes you got these little seven, eight-year-olds, they look 20. So it's kind of like, listen, you're too big to be coming in, first of all. But since you're family, we're going to let you in, but you got to be cool. So... Midwest, I know it. These two women, they they mothers, they was in their twenties, so this is a whole different situation. Yeah, this was out in Davenport, Iowa. So they got the girl as they mentioned, uh Shoshanda Polian, twenty four of Davenport. She's from Davenport. We gotta look on a map and see where the fuck Davenport is out there. But all right, bond yeah. was set Tuesday at one million dollars cash only for a Davenport woman charged with fatally shooting twenty nine year old mother of five. Eloise Chairs at Chuck E. Cheese in Davenport Sunday night. So it's been a week now. So Trishonda, 24, made an initial appearance in Scott County Court via video arrangement on one count of first-degree murder. The charge carries a mandatory sentence of life without parole if she is convicted. She has a primary hearing on November 6th. An attorney uh, has been appointed to represent her. Davenport police were dispatched at 7.38 p.m. This was 7.38 p.m. last Sunday, I'm assuming, uh, to the Chuck E. Cheese Mm -hmm. at 903 East Kimberly Road for a report of gunfire. Uh, Callers reporting the shooting to 911 said one person was shot. According to an arrest uh, affidavit, Pauline willingly, willfully, deliberately, uh, with premeditation and malice of four shot chairs. And like they said in the report, this was all over, um, what was it, some cards? Because, you know, people don't know. Game cards. When you go to these places, 
you buy tokens and cards and things like that to play the games or you can win them or whatever, vice versa. So something, right. it was some type of dispute here with the game cards. And old girl just went nuts. It ain't that serious, man. I mean, you're there to have fun. You're there to enjoy it for yourself. That's the thing, man. These mothers get too intense, man. They like lionesses in the jungle when it's like, yo, these is kids, man. This is going to be traumatic for them growing up. And, you know, to tell you the truth, the girl is 20. She a baby herself. Let's look at the long term. She only 24. Yeah. You know? Yeah, pretty She's much. She's an adult, yes. But, I mean, she a baby, man. I mean, damn, boo. Yeah. And where were some people to say, put that down? Yeah. Stop that. Save the applause. Don't clap right now. Just put that away. It's all right. You know what? If anything, scrap with her outside. But yeah. your mothers, you're supposed to be on a higher level of excellence anyway for yeah. your children. But yeah. But they ain't what thinking happens. like that. That's what happens, and they're not thinking like that. Even here locally in the western New York area, it was a, a franchise one or whatever, or a local branch out in Amherst, and they went through the same thing. It wasn't a shooting in there, but people were getting jumped, and it was a couple of fights here and there in the Amherst location. Mm-hmm. So they ended up eventually shutting that joint down with a combination of everything right. that happened with that and also the COVID situation with New York State because, you know, everything's locked down. That definitely wasn't opening. So um, This ain't the first time Chuck E. Cheese had some issues, too. I recall, uh, I think it was prior to the 2000s, uh, in a couple of locations, they had some needles or whatever placed in the, in the thing where they had those plastic balls where the kids just jump around and it's like, really? you know, it's just a... Yeah, and it was like they found, like, you know, these things in there where kids got poked and they didn't know if HIV was on the needles or what have you, and they shut the place down for a little bit, man. So, yeah. CEC, what is it, Incorporated? Yeah, yeah, CEC Incorporated and also... It's a place where kids go to have fun. But cops say adults at a Chuck E. Cheese's in Georgia ruined it. Body camera footage shows cops busting up what they say was a fight between parents. You're gonna wait. You're gonna wait over here by my car. Come on. Don't push me. One woman's face was bleeding. Stand up, or you're going in cuffs. Investigators say it was all started over young kids who bumped into each other, and when one mom allegedly ignored the situation, things escalated. It's not the first time for violence at Chuck E. Cheese's. As Inside Edition's Lisa Guerrero previously reported. Some kiddie parties have turned into battlegrounds. As for this troubling case, four suspects, including these three, were arrested and charged with public fighting. I'm Lee Sheps for InsideEdition.com. <laughs> mm, unfortunate, man. Unfortunate. Where was this one at? You know? This was about two years ago, two or three years ago. Let's see. Yeah, I didn't even catch where it was at, but that's one of the many. I mean, what... The question is, what? For years, people have fought in bars and salons and nightclubs. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it many a times. Concerts, right? Yeah, what I is, think what happens here, G, is like you know, Chuck E. Cheese is a place of refuge where you can go and let your arms down, and you it's fun, it's family. It's supposed to be like a miniature Disneyland, even though it's not. You know, it's it's a fake Disneyland, but it's like, hey, we in the hood or we here. This is what we could afford. This is where we going to is okay. close by. The okay. thing is, there's no Chuck E. Cheese security, though. <laughs> you always got to have that security two or three in certain locations if it requires that, depending on the demographic. You know what I'm saying? Because it could get real brutal in there when these mothers come to blows. They might have a knife. In this case, they got a gun. So what, you know? what, what do you think would happen if... Now, in this, 
may be the case with a lot of these, some of these mothers where they might have mental health issues. So let's just say they went in there and started bugging out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, hold on. And some- Chuck E. Cheese security just had to end up popping this motherfucker. <laughs> this one, <laughs> this- <laughs> Well, you know, I think, I think what, what are we dealing with for real, for real? Can we still do this or what? <laughs> right, right, right. I, when, now, when I say security, I don't think I, I'm not even thinking armed security because yeah. that's kind of like, come on, you come into a place. This is fun. This is supposed to be this the kids, you know. But what happens is, if you don't have an extra set of eyes, just watching, seeing how things, you know, when we know when something is brewing. Yeah. So you go over, you calm it down, you separate people, you tell people, listen, if you don't change your behavior, you're going to have to vacate the location. And you just assert a presence to where they're cool. Yeah. It's all about the children. You know, unfortunately, in this situation, bye bye. You did something wrong. You got to go. You do the crime. You do the yeah. time. Got another Gunshots fly outside of a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant in southeast Portland today. It was open with kids inside. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. This happened right in the middle of the day around 345. Portland police got the call that there was shooting going on outside the Chuck E. Cheese and found shell cases in in the parking lot, as well as a parked car nearby with a bullet hole. But so far, they don't have any suspects and nobody has turned up hurt. The children's restaurant normally stays open till 10 at night on a Saturday, but closed early shortly after the shooting. I bet. Mm-hmm. So that was out in Portland. <clears throat> they get down in Portland. That's too. all the way on the west. Wait a minute, Portland, Oregon? Right under Seattle, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Something's gonna have to happen. I mean, something. Yeah, something's gonna have to happen. Like we only got one left here in this area. Like I said, the other one closed because that was the one closest to the hood. And even I've even heard mothers say this: if I do a Chuck E. Cheese party for my kid, it only could be at the one near like West Seneca. Where the difference between like West Seneca and Orchard Park and Amherst is, if you do something, right? You gonna you really gonna be fucked up out there. So they gotta know not to go out there with that shit. But Amherst, yeah, right, right. I'm listening. Go ahead. And I tell you, G, just if, if I had kids and I was doing it and I had to do a party there, my party is not going to be a seven o'clock at night party. Yeah. My, it's going to have to be maybe between 12 and three or yeah. at the yeah. latest four. Other yeah. than that, I don't see where the crowd start changing. Older kids coming in. Nah, that's not where you want to be with your small toddler. That's right. You know? Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah, uh... How unfortunate Oh, check this. No, you know what? It was another one. I remember this, and it's not a new story. Well, it's a new story on it, but I'm not going to take the time to look it up. But what, what happened there another time a couple of years ago where it was a massacre at Chuck E. Cheese where a 19-year-old ex-employee went there and killed four workers in Aurora. I don't know if that's Aurora, Illinois, or the other one, but do you remember that? Wow. I don't even remember that. That's that's major. Yeah, yeah. That was a couple of years ago that happened. Yeah, Chuck E. Wow. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese. Yo, yeah, it's it's crazy shit that happens out there in them stores, you know, and whatnot. But I'm sure we're going to get plenty of more news stories about what goes on in Chuck E. Cheese within the next couple yeah. of years. Um, especially a lot of locations are starting to shut down due to everything going on. So this is going to be interesting. So watch right. out for Chuck E. You know e. what Cheese I didn't news. know Go ahead. Chuck E. Cheese news. What I didn't know is that they had locations in Guam and Puerto Rico. That was that was news to me. That's that they that, they were getting major. 
Yeah, and, and they got you know? four of them in Canada. So four in Canada, like right. Guam and Puerto Rico. So yeah, they was getting out there. Like I said, the brand been mm-hmm. out there now for forty three years. So it's just a interesting story to me what goes on in the Chuck E. Cheese uh, locations around the arena. country. Yeah, that whole arena, yeah. that whole world. Because this is definitely something to watch, and we'll probably come back to this one another day. Um, right. Another thing I'm gonna get into right quick is Buster Rhymes has a new album out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still listening to it. I'm down to probably like two more tracks to listen to. Uh, but the new album is Extinction Level Event Number Two, uh, The Wrath of God. It's a pretty dope album. Everybody, yeah, everybody need to check it out because it got that old school. I'm not even gonna say old school, but it got that true school hip hop feel to it. Yeah, the little boom bap, little mm-hmm. little beats from today, a nice mixture of things, nice mixture of uh, topics and subjects. Uh, the joint right. is 22 tracks deep, and you got tons Ooh. of uh, guest appearances on there. You got tracks produced by Not Swiss Beats, Jay Dillon, mm. Pete Rock, Rock Wilder, uh, DJ Scratch, DJ Premier, High Tech, Knife Wonder, Ooh. Buster himself, and more Knots than Rock Wilder. So Knots is all over this album. Big up to VA. That whole yeah, not Virginia Beach loop over there. And that whole yep. crew, but uh, yeah, so it's a dope album. Check it out. Yeah, twenty two tracks is on here. Have you heard it yet? I haven't heard it. I heard a couple of pieces, and I watched the YouTube live performance at the Apollo the other night. Incredible. Uh, Anderson Pack did a uh, joint with him that he came out and he performed. I like that a lot. Okay. And uh, I know Bust been working on this for a long time, and just knowing Bust throughout the years and seeing his work ethic, I know when he used to come in and just. His passion was just there. He would knock right. on sessions and just come in and try to get on the joint. And his hunger, it seems like his hunger has multiplied yeah. over the years. And, you know, just briefly watching them, a short clip on the on the uh, uh, Drink Champs, he was talking about, they were talking about how he was predicting things years ago mm. on that first album that dropped in 2000. And now it comes to a situation where things that are happening currently today is kind of like, yo, did you, like, how did you know you've been predicting this? Yeah. But, you know, he gracefully bowed out and said, no, listen, man, I ain't predict no shit. This is just how it is. And, you know, when you do the science and you aware, you conscious about how things is moving in the world, you just, you, you understand. That's and, right. And that's what he applied to the music. You know what I'm saying? So salute the bus, man. Much success with that. Congratulations. He's still holding it down for brothers. That's from that era back then. And um, he definitely just paved the way, man. And that, you know, I seen a short clip, not to take too much time, but when he was talking to T.I. Mm-hmm. on the versus thing, Oh, and yeah. it seemed like T.I. don't want no smoke with that. Mm-hmm. No Trust me, he don't. He don't. You know, that, that that I mean, the hits is one thing, but then that performance. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about that performance. Yeah. And even if Split wasn't out there with him, because I know T.I. be by himself, but even if Split wasn't there with him, that energy is crazy. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, so you always oh you got two more tracks. So yeah, I got two said, more right? tracks, but the main one I'm feeling right now is uh let's see here. Master Farai Muhammad with Rick Ross, that's the joint. I like that. And mm, there's a few okay. other ones within the first ten within the first ten tracks, but I gotta go back and get the titles and all that and listen again, of course. But that it's pretty dope so far. I'm like I said, I'm almost done with it. Uh okay. I probably like I said, I probably left off at number nineteen or something like that. So I'm still listening. Listen again probably good, tomorrow. Yup, so that's that, man. It's a dope album. Everybody should go out there and get that joint. It's Buster Rhymes Distinction Level Event 2. 
the wrath of bust a bust flip mode. Bust a bust flip mode. Yeah, he's still out there you doing know? it, man. Yeah. Yep. You recorded with Buster Rhymes, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. Out in man. L.A., I forget what studio was that. Me, Bus, Coolio, Biggie, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, a bunch of us. You okay. know, on that on that Point soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. All right. All Buckshot. Right. So many people, man. So many people. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, that was for the yep. Panther soundtrack. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Mercury Records, 1994, mm-hmm. 95, one of them two. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think it was 95. Easy Mo B on the production. Yep. Well, let, me, let me ask you something. Who's on production on this? Oh. Uh, yeah. What you walk down the street, you bump into a cutie. She looks at your pocket, so you look at that booty. She was Louis Vuitton and Gucci down pat. If your pockets ain't fat, you know you get no rap. So you kick the best rap that your lips can say. You had the rapper, she just walks away. Walks away. She laughs at your kicks, <laughs> giggles at your slacks. <laughs> I don't want no summer youth, I want a man who sounds cracks. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby. You know what? I'm, yeah. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to go back now. About. 32 years, something like that. It was a record store here called Record Theater, and I used to always go there and just buy mad records and 12 inches and whatnot. And they always had like the the dollar bin, let's say. So I always used to see this record here, and it said Party Posse. And it's these dudes on the cover, and they like got all these bright colors on, and they got, got a birthday cake or some shit in the middle of the table and party balloons and shit. I'm just, I always saw the record. I never heard nobody talk about the record, and I say this respectfully. I never saw nobody talk about the record, but I always saw it, and I knew it was some something hip-hop related. But you just, ne- I mean, just never heard it, but I saw it there, and I just, life went on, right? So, mm-hmm. you never know who records a lot of these different records out here. Because even the ones that you think are whack or you don't want to listen to or you never listen to, you need to read the credits sometime. I'll give you an example. Uh, it was a group from Buffalo. I think their name back in the day was like Attention or something like that. And they were signed to Arista or Arista Associated Label. But to make the long story short, probably about five or six years after that initial deal, which I think was in 85 or 86, they came back as this hit group called Joe Public. And they had the mm. song Live or Learn. So it was like a five yep. or six year gap between them and that. But let's fast forward and get back to this party posse thing. So, <clears throat> like I said, a lot of artists out here have done things that you never heard of. So this one right here belongs to no other than, well, the whole project isn't you, but you were part of this shit, right? <laughs> I was the DJ. I was I was Al Scratch the DJ, All and right. uh, I made a guest appearance. I think I made a guest appearance on Yo Baby Yo. All right, you and, know? and this was 1989. 89, legendary classic shit. 89. So 
I mean, well, how did you get tied up in this situation? Let's talk about it. Uh, the group was actually uh, myself, Ted, Cool Ted Love, and Randy Fabulous. And uh, those are my brothers who, you know, we, we was from the same hood. You know, out of the group home, we was just, you know, straight rap MC, destroy any other MC group in the area. And that's what we used to do, man. Back then, you know, you, you just cut up instrumentals and you let your MCs do the work. So I bodied the vinyl and they bodied the lyrics. But uh, we got we got on to the, uh, to the rap game professionally through... Um, through a couple of resources that we knew on the block and, and they eventually led us to a situation where we got a major label deal in 89, man. But that's something where, you know, we were young kids and, you know, back then, rap was still being uh, experimented with and at that time, you had people like, uh, what is it, Fresh Prince? Uh, uh, Jazzy Jeff, Jazzy Fresh, Jeff Prince. And Fresh Prince. Yeah, so the whole thing was trying to be able to make this music marketable. So that's that's kind of like that first phase of the industry that I personally went through along with the group party posse. But um, you know, a lot of people don't know that we had we, we were real MCs and we had raw hip hop that we wanted to do. It's just that with the management and the label situation, we were kind of led down that path. And I won't I won't even say unfortunately because it exposed me to a lot. I learned a lot. And, uh, you know, just the label mates you had back then, Schooly D, like I said. Fresh yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to ask you right quick. Let's, let's all remember, y'all, we in 1989. When was this, like fall? Was it spring? It was like a back-to-school album, right? I think this was, uh, I think it was a back-to-school, yeah. All right, so we talking third quarter, last quarter, whatever, um, 1989. So who else was Jive promoting? So... Because what I'm trying to get into the mindset of what was they thinking? Because I know at that time they had Tribe, but Tribe was about to pop off too in the next year or something like that. So who else was on that That's roster right. at that? Who was on that roster at that time when you was there that you remember? Because I know at that time you probably have about four or five different people they working. But go ahead. Yeah, well, the first one that that you know actually I won't say he got us in there, but we was affiliated with was Cool Modi, mm-hmm. and I think Cool Modi was working on his. Uh, on his uh, lyrical uh, disc for LL, they were going back and forth with a battle, but they also had KRS-One. I'm not sure if, I think KRS-One was, that was his second album, or if I make no mistake, the first, that was with The them. first album on Jive came out sometime around spring 19... Hold on, hold on. 88? Let me get it right. Yeah, the first album on Jive came out in spring of 88. Uh, 88, okay. Yeah, that one, and then I think the one... Um, what was the one with the they was in the parking the video? You know what I'm talking about. Um, where yeah, he, I'm he's, trying sit, to get he's sitting on a stoop on the cover, but that one came up around '89. I think. Uh, was that Edutainment? No, no, that's the third one. Well, the fourth one actually, third. but the third one on it was one before. Hold on a second. Right. Uh, KRS One. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see here. We the teacher. That. The teacher. Let's see. Yes. That album, what I'm talking about, came out 1989. So that album was a priority at the time. It was Karis One, The Blueprint. Mm-hmm. The Blueprint of Hip Hop. Yes, Ghetto blueprint. Music. That's what Ghetto it was. Music. The, the first blueprint. original Blueprint Hip Hop before Jay. That's what I'm saying. So when you were you signed, I mean? they had Karis One, 
they had you and who yeah. else was there around that time frame that you remember? You said Kumo uh, Jazzy D. Jeff Fresh Prince, Jazzy Kumo Jeff, D, mm-hmm. Schooly D. They had uh, right before uh, uh, Steady B. Mm-hmm. Steady B. This, I think it's before Steady B got caught. Uh-huh. Um, man, uh, uh, it was a couple more. I can't really recall. But um, as far as hip hop, that's what I remember as of right now. It could be more, though, but that's who I remember. And that's who I remember, um, you know, just meeting and affiliating myself with in the industry. So, you know, you go from a young kid on the block cutting and scratching certain records, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you in offices with these people and you at showcases where, you know, because back then you had to do showcases. Right, you right. Know, before your album came out, you, you, you was in a room with other execs and other labels and other artists, of course, and you perform. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, that world-famous transformation that Jazzy Jeff did was like, you know, that's why it was like so monumental for me because it's like just being a DJ, then now being on the main seeing Jeff do that, I'm like, come on. It's like, yo, I'm this is like this is real. Like this could really happen because just a couple of months ago I was just on the block with my dusty, you know, turntables trying to make it happen. And here it is now I'm placed in the position to where I could actually, you know, get on and start doing my own thing. So right. um Salute to Job RCA Barry Weiss for even uh, giving us the opportunity to, to uh, make something that right. I feel is like a, it's a piece of work that it's a part of my my foundation. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. You, no matter what people feel about it or if they did, never heard it, like that allowed me to grow as an artist. So right. it, it, it's something that I take as a, a learning chip. Um, and, and like I said, it's a piece of the fabric and the foundation of who Al Scratch is. And you figure five years later, boom. You know, you had. Yo, let me tell you, G. Let me tell you, man. You, you know, with the industry, it's so crazy, right? Because you know, imagine dropping an album, right? Mm -hmm. And your album, what they call flops or doesn't do what you want it to do, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's not the music that you want to record, but it's kind of like people. I don't want to say forcing, but pushing you in a direction of being commercial. Yeah. And then you hear Tribe, and then you hear KRS with the next one, and then you, and you're like, yo, come on, like you know. But the people. I don't want to say people may, maybe you don't have an A&R, maybe they have their own vision. You're not able to really get your dreams out. So the fact that it took five years later for something to pop off, there was a lot of transformation going on where, you know, the group fell apart and me just being a DJ coming to the forefront, that's even more of a change where it's like, yo, yeah. I'm, I mean, I could rap. I mean, New York, I'm a, I could MC around the block, but now for me to be, Al Scratch, the homie, like leading it off and singing the hook and doing it, it's a it's a it's a massive change, but it's one that, you know, was well worth the five year hiatus to where it's like, yeah, this is this is more like where I wanna be. And it was still somewhat commercial, but it was like, okay, now I'm getting to where who my true self is now being exposed right. to the listeners. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Fun times though, man. Fun times, man. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, you know, that's inter- always interesting to know because so many people have, back then you could do it so easy. You know, you had something that didn't work out and then you come back totally packaged or something different and that shit worked and the rest is history. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I, I just had to throw that out there because I saw it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to finally listen to these tracks. The tracks are out there on YouTube and the name of the group, once again, is The Party <clears throat> Posse. And it's interesting because you get to see in, in here, the different types of drum machines, a lot of different artists was trying to do or use to, oh, yeah. to catch up with other artists. Like that track I just played, I heard a little bit of the that Yamaha drum machine maybe in there, something like Hammer. So, yeah, Castle, yep. Castle's reaching, but, you know, 
You got to do what you, you got to do. Some, you, heard, you heard some Run DMC style in there? Yeah, yeah. DMC and shit, you know? Yeah, I heard a little bit of everything but, uh, in there. So, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this, man. It was good talking to you today. And uh, before I get out of here, I like to send a shout out to all of the nurses, the cab drivers, the Uber people, the Lyft people, all the hood yeah. jitney car people that ride around, security guards, truck drivers, bus drivers, temp job people. You know, all you mm. out there right now probably listening to this or somebody sitting at their beautiful white-collar desk in the office somewhere at the crib because of COVID. Thank you for listening. This show was made yeah. for you to get you through 30 minutes, one hour or whatever. Yeah. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be pr- producing more content, putting things out there. If you got something to say or, you know, you, you got some show ideas or whatever, feel free to email us at scramblelife at gmail.com. That's the scramblelife at gmail.com. And you can hit me or L up with some comments or whatever. And then, uh, you know, we'll do a yeah. little something like that. So for this week's show, we about to end it. And uh, L, you got anything else to say before we get out of here? Yeah, just to piggyback off you said, man, all the essential workers and everybody that's stuck at home, man, we appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Scramblelife at gmail.com. We'll definitely get back to you. All right, that's what's up. And we about to get out of here, y'all. Peace. Bye-bye. Van Gogh.